The purpose of Wealth Talk is to educate, inform, and hopefully entertain you on the subject of building your wealth. Wealth Builders recommends you should always take independent financial, tax, or legal advice before making any decisions around your finances. Welcome to episode 101 of Wealth Talk. My name is Christian Rodwell, the Membership Director for Wealth Builders, and I'm joined today by our founder, Mr. Kevin Whelan. Hi, Kevin. Hello, Chris, and we're on a new journey now from 100 to 200. Oh, I wonder where this will take us. <laughs> well, we've got a good place to start with, Louise, don't we? We're in the groove now, and uh, yes, this will be our third member spotlight of 2021. And indeed, Louise Wrighton, who is one of our founder members, joined us back when we launched, which was May 2019. And uh, we called it the Foundation Program right at the beginning. So Louise may refer back to the Foundation. And, uh, you know, Louise has just blossomed. Uh, You know, she was out of the blocks super fast, and she hasn't stopped since. (laughs) that's certainly true you know how in the very early episodes of the podcast chris we talk about the difference between the drifters the diyers and the dynamos louise is a powerhouse she's not a dynamo she's definitely one of those you know with a with the batteries firmly up her rear end she's just full on all the time full of energy full of passion full of sharing just a wonderful person to be around and we're so Proud and pleased that uh, she found a way to us through a very nice connection that was made to me way back when. And uh, joking aside, you know, she's just a joy to be with, isn't she? Yeah. So every month we, uh, you know, we shine a spotlight on one of our members in our Seven Steps to Wealth program. And we just walk through our nine-step roadmap. So our recurring revenue roadmap. And that's exactly what I'll be doing with Louise today. So uh, why don't we head on and have a listen to that? Louise, welcome back to Wealth Talk today. Hi, Christian. How are you today? I'm doing very fine, thank you. And I enjoyed your session yesterday. You were uh, you were doing a panel. Why don't you just quickly tell us about what you were up to? Yeah, it was great. Um, I was invited by Mark Stokes, who uh, runs SAS Alliance, um, who founded SAS Alliance, actually, and runs that with Kevin. Um, I was invited to um, convene and run a panel on women in SAS because it's actually quite a male-dominated space. Um, I think our SAS Alliance membership comprises about 25% women, 75% men. And so I'm trying to um, make SAS, I suppose, relevant to women or at least be sort of the female face really for SAS Alliance. So uh, Mark and Kevin asked me to convene a panel of other women SAS trustees to talk about our journeys, uh, what we were doing with our SAS, what it meant to us as women and and, uh, um, and what it means, you know, as, as wealth builders as well. So yeah, that was very well received, Christian. So I was really happy to do that. Yeah, yeah. and you were with familiar names as well, Sean, a previous member, and Carol, one of our wealth coaches. So Absolutely, absolutely. And management. Mahal as well, who's a wonderful SAS trustee. So yeah, it was uh, really nice to collaborate with them and uh, for them to tell their stories. And uh, we got loads of great feedback from both men and women, but a lot of women particularly resonating with us and saying, yeah, that looks pretty interesting. I'd like to do what you're doing. So if we can inspire a few women towards financial independence and providing for their retirement through SAS, then, you know, that's a good result. Well, we're going to hear your story today. Louise, because you are our member spotlight for uh, March and we're going to run through our roadmap. So you joined us as a founder member right back on day one. So back in 2019, just coming up to two years ago now. So you've seen 
our program evolve and you have evolved and it's been tremendous to to be able to you know watch that and uh and we're going to dive straight in and, and start to find out what are some of the steps that you've taken along the way louise to help you to start building more recurring income so let's begin back at the beginning and that's always step one which is getting really clear on your mindset and your reason why so was there a particular catalyst or a point that you can think back to louise where you said to yourself i just got to do something about this yeah, it's it's interesting, Chris, because I think a lot of people say they're family, and so I'm no different there. But um, it's probably a combination of things. Wanting to make sure I uh, provided for my family, and I've got two girls that are both young teenagers now, and uh, my eldest daughter does have some disabilities, and so I'd started to think about her growing up and achieving, you know, independence from us, and um, we expected to achieve independence from us, but potentially not on the same timeline as one would expect you know a um a, a daughter or son with, without disabilities so my daughter's autistic and she's got a collection of other disabilities she's extremely bright and has a lot of talent but she needs a lot of support as well so I'd started to think about I suppose my impending mortality um you know heading towards 50 and beyond and you know how, how I was gonna um provide for her if she needed additional support you know throughout her life um I think just that natural sort of you know coming up to midlife middle age you know 50 plus you know um you start to think well this may be the decade in which i'll retire you know what's my retirement going to look like am i going to start to you know perhaps work part time or you know exit corporate life and and if so you know what does my retirement look look like um so it was it was a real combination of things really chris but um yeah i suppose i'd i'd naturally started some of this journey my Myself, and I'd started to look into building a property portfolio, for example, and I'd already started that. Um, but when I, you know, met Kevin, uh, we talked about SAS pensions to start with, actually, and then um, I did hear the very first podcast of Wealth Talk when you launched the program. I think I was possibly this is my claim to fame. I'm going to claim that I was the first person to sign up. I must have been in the first few anyway, because I remember sitting in my car at a railway station. I was on my way to catch the train to London in my day job and I listened to the podcast on the way there and then I sat in my car and sent the email off right there you know straight away uh, when you opened the the gates to the um, to the seven steps to wealth program and um, and that that was the beginning of um, of a more educated journey and I suppose a more um, broad and a more broad and, and wide-ranging journey than the, the the property journey that I was on excellent and and at the beginning as well we we always talk about you know, thinking about the future with the end in mind, one of the exercises in step one is creating your family wealth business as well. So you've touched on the importance of family there, but you know, that was, I know, something you put together as a collective and uh, really enjoyed seeing that. We did. Yeah. My oldest daughter that I've already mentioned is a very talented artist. And so, you know, I, I tried to talk that we, we tried to talk to the children about wealth building. And um, I just said to her, would you think about a family logo for us for our wealth business? We'd talked to them about the SAS and we'd got a name for the SAS that was already set up, the SAS pension. Um, we decided to name the family business, the family wealth business in the same way. And so, um 
quite independently of any ideas from me. She just came, she said, well, if it's family, it needs to be a coat of arms kind of idea. So she's drawn a beautiful coat of arms that features some things that are precious to us, in, including um, our dogs. <laughs> They're in there as well. Um, and, and some symbolic things uh, that were around the naming of the SAS and the naming of the um, family wealth business as well. So yeah, we uh, I've got that, you know, on my screensaver, on my laptop, on my phone. And, uh, you know, that's there to remind us all, you know, what, what we're doing. And it was no surprise when you took the wealth dynamics test that you turned out to be a star, Louise. So um, how's that helped you in your in your journey? Do you know, when I when I first took it, um, I actually had a bit of a, mm, is this, it was almost a setback to me to see that result, Chris, and, I, and I'll, I'll explain why. You know, I'm, I'm a 30-year-plus corporate marketer in, you know, big businesses in the healthcare and life sciences and pharma industries. And so I took the Wealth Dynamic Test and it came out as a star. So I wasn't very surprised about that when I read the description. Um, so I'm a star with um, creative undertones and um, with supportive um, uh, uh, dynamic as well, but primarily a star, which means that I shine a light on people, projects, um, and, and processes and products, which um, is a pretty typical wealth dynamic for someone that works in marketing, which I'd done for all these years. And so I thought, okay, that makes sense. Does that tell me that I'm in the right day job? Yeah. How on earth is this going to apply to wealth building? Because surely I need to suddenly transform as if by magic into some sort of number cruncher that's really good with spreadsheets and is really good at doing due diligence on, you know, businesses that I want to invest in or, you know, property deals that I want to invest in. And so I was a little bit disheartened, actually. I thought, How, how's this going to work? Um, I, and, and I just not fully understood it, really. And so through a process of reflecting upon it and, you know, going through a process with my um, wealth coach and, and on my own of just thinking, well, what is my plan going to be, you know, across the um, seven pillars, then I st it started to dawn on me that I could use all of these marketing skills and this star wealth dynamic in the pillars uh, that I wanted to focus on and in the wealth building journey as well. So, for example, um, fairly early in the journey, I decided I was writing a book. I was creating intellectual property. Um, you know, I went out and marketed that. That started to build me a profile, you know, within the wealth building and the SAS Alliance communities. That's now leading to, you know, opportunities um, in all sorts of areas. So, I suppose that's just one example of, yeah, uh, understanding the wealth dynamic, but then critically, you know, that may have been a really good match for your previous or current career, but then how can you use that instead of ignoring it and thinking you've got to change? How do you then just leverage that into your wealth building? So it took a while for the penny to drop, but I understand how I'm using it now. Yeah, great. So that takes us into step two, and that's the wealth gap, Louise. So this is about getting crystal clear on how much asset income that you're generating at the moment and then how much you require in order to reach the next wealth level. So which of the five levels were you at when you joined and, and where are you now? 
Yeah, I was at financial insecurity when I joined. Um, before anyone feels sorry for me, I work full time in a global corporate marketing role and I earn a good salary. So while I say I'm financially insecure, all of my needs and my family needs are being met by a salary. OK, but that still means I'm financially insecure because if the salary disappears, you know, and I get made redundant or, you know, I have to leave work for some reason, it means that um, the bills don't get paid. So um, I am still at financial um, insecurity, but I, I am making significant inroads um, into my goals uh, to be financially um, secure and then financially independent. So I think the key thing, Chris, is, you know, I know what the numbers look like. Um, I'm tracking them. Um, you know, I, I I can see you know what I'm adding every month. Um, you know, I've I've got a, I've got a roadmap in front of me, and I think that although I'm still at the same level as when I started in in terms of still being in that financial insecurity bracket, I can see the progress that I'm making, and I can see the the game plan. And I think you know that that gives you a lot of confidence in what you're doing, and it gives you the momentum to carry on. Absolutely. And I know that thermometer has been rising for you. And we'll, we'll perhaps touch on that when we get to step eight, which is tracking your results. But um, step three is the final step in our sort of foundational level, which is all about building that confidence. And step three is protection. So do you have any examples, Louise, of where you were able to, you know, look at the roof, as we call it, and identify um, things that needed to be done? Yeah, I think um, a, a few areas really, but probably the, the key one was just to make sure we'd got um, the wills uh, and the trusts in place. We'd already done um, the uh, LPAs, um, for example, uh, the lasting power of attorneys, because sadly I'd been on that journey with, with my parents and I lost my dad to Alzheimer's about four, nearly five years ago now. So I'd, I'd understood how important the LPAs were, the health LPA, and also the finance um, LPA, because I had acted as my dad's attorney um, in the health decisions that were made for him and also so in the financial decisions that, that were made as he declined. Um, so I already knew all about that. I know that that's something that um, perhaps comes as a surprise to people that at our age, you know, we will be putting LPAs in place, but you just don't know where you don't know when you're going to, um, you know, have an accident that renders you, you know, unable to communicate, for example. So I think that's a really important step that I would encourage anyone to take. And it's very easy to do. So we'd already done that. Um, but what I did do was um, to review our wills and also to make sure that we'd got um, mirror trusts um, written um, alongside the wills as well, which um, is an important part of um, uh, estate planning or, or tax planning, such that, for example, when my life insurance uh, pays out, if it pays out, if anything were to happen to me, that goes into um, a trust. Um, so it, um, it it's dealt with in a, in a different way to sort of the rest of my estate. So, you know, again, some tax advantages around um trying to just, you know, ring fence things in trust rather than just have them all pour into one big, you know, Louise Wrighton's estate bucket, which, you know, could potentially be subject to um, inheritance tax. Yeah. So once all of that is in place, that gives you that strong foundation, as you say, you know, you, you know that you're building something that's going to last and is long term. So we move now into stage two of our roadmap and, and step four is about the assets. So we know the seven pillars, seven different ways to generate recurring income. 
And uh, did you, you mentioned, I think, actually, Louise, you already had some experience in one of those pillars. Um, but what other pillars have you explored since then? Yeah, I've, um, I've explored quite a few of the pillars. And, you know, one thing that I've talked about before, Chris, that I really learned was just the need to really focus because I'm a marketer and I'm creative, I kind of see lots of ideas and lots of things that, you know, I want to try and think, well, I'll be able to do that. You know, I'll, I'll have a go at that. But I think, you know, the focus, I remember Kevin saying to me, just pick one and focus, Louise. So, um, yeah, I have um, done some work in the home capacity pillar and uh, we've had um, a lodger for some time now, um, earning uh, about £6,000 a year under the government's rent-a-room scheme tax-free. So we've leveraged home capacity, we've leveraged an empty bedroom and an empty bathroom in our home. Um, and that's, you know, that goes straight onto the um, onto the wealth thermometer as uh, income every month. So that's really nice. Uh, we were already... Um, it working in the uh, by, in the property pillar by having a couple of buy to lets, but I've been able through my involvement in the program to um, really understand more about different property strategies. So I've now set up a new business uh, with a new business partner who's a long term friend of mine. We've got similar interests in. Um, in North Yorkshire and in service accommodation and particularly holiday lets. So we're now building a portfolio of high quality um, holiday lets. So we're buying up um, uh, cottages, you know, that need renovation um, around the North Yorkshire National Park. And we've got our first one under refurbishment now, hoping to have that ready just as we come out of lockdown so that uh, people can start booking that and and getting away. So that's the um, second one that I've worked in. Um, I've also worked in the... um, Um, intellectual property pillar. I mentioned earlier that I've written a book called um, SAS Superstars, 10 case studies uh, from SAS trustees around how they've used SAS pensions combined with property um, to build their their wealth and to build their future. So um, intellectual property is quite important to me. Again, going back to my wealth dynamic as a marketer, I want to create ideas and then market ideas. Um, So uh, the book was an example of actually the intellectual property pillar because I wrote a book but also it was an example of a joint venture as well because I co-produced the book with uh, Mark Stokes who I mentioned earlier who's the co-founder of SAS Alliance. So that was an example of IP and joint ventures Um, and then finally pensions I would say has been the central sort of theme through most things that I've done. Um, It was, uh, yeah, so setting up my SAS was, um, resulted from me um, first meeting Kevin, actually, it was the first thing that we discussed. And so I do have my SAS pension now, and I've transferred my corporate pensions into that. Uh, That's now allowing me to um, invest with people doing property development projects and learn from them. So it's part of my education um, and it's allowing me to uh, to develop my own property portfolio. Um, and of course, it's been the catalyst for me to, um, creating intellectual property by writing a book about SAS pensions as well. So uh, pensions has probably been my main pillar and where I spend most of my time. Um, it, it, you know, it, it, it's quite a lot of work sort of going on that journey of sort of education, getting the confidence, taking the guided action and then executing on the pension. So I've spent probably 
the majority of my time there. But now I'm there with that and I'm confident that's then allowed me to, you know, focus on some of the other pillars. Yeah. Phew. And we're only halfway through the roadmap and oh, oh, so much great stuff already. So uh, here we go. We're moving into step five now. So step five is all about leverage and leverage is the key to wealth building. It isn't necessarily always financial, but it could be intellectual or relationship leverage, systems, and leveraging your time. So is there any other examples that you can think of that you haven't perhaps already mentioned, Louise, of how you've brought leverage into play to help you build your wealth? I think my main leverage has probably been financial, Chris, through the pension, because that having that um, having control of that uh, pension fund and becoming my own pension fund manager by becoming a SAS trustee has enabled me to build relationships, to make great contacts, to build relationships, and then to in turn, you know, get education sort of through those relationships. So I would say that's been my um, my key piece of leverage, um, you know, and I'm just fortunate to have, you know, good pensions from, you know, a lifetime working in corporate that I'm, you know, at this stage in my life a- able to leverage um that's that's been really good so yeah I, I guess financial plus relationships i'm i guess i'm a natural networker you know again being a marketer and a star wealth dynamic so i've done uh, before lockdown i did do a good year of solid networking in property and SaaS communities. So I was able to identify the people that I um, know, like, and trust, you know, the people that I want to have relationships with, do business with, collaborate with, you know, learn from, um, and and therefore, you know, what I'm doing with my SaaS, but then also the idea for the book came out of all of that as well. So I'd say probably financial and relationships are the two that I've leveraged. I'm very time poor um, because I still work full time and I'm, you know, trying to do a lot, as you've heard. So that's the one that I suffer from. Um, but, you know, again, coming back to Kevin teaches me about focus, focus on turning the wheel, uh, the wheel of wealth, you know, focus on just what you're doing in, in that moment and in that time. Um, don't try and be scattergun and do everything at once because then you get frustrated and lose your momentum. So um, but they're my key learnings from step five, I think, Chris. Well, what I love about you, Louise, even though you say your time poor is, you know, two years into the program, you're still uh, submit a progress report every month. You're still you're still on the Q and A's every month. You know you're you're there. You're absorbing information, and and I think that's a, a key part of your success as well. Is is your commitment? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, step six is strategy. Now we've heard some of the strategies that you've been working on, Louise. But this is often where some people can really hit overwhelm because there's just so many different things that you could be doing. And of course, the next the next step is about focus, which we'll touch on in a minute. But um, I mean, defining a strategy, it is difficult because there's many things, Um, you know, any advice or just tips um, for people who perhaps are, you know, unsure where they should be looking at um, and trying to do too many things at the same time, perhaps. Yeah. And and I think this is where um, people potentially sort of get confused or talk at cross purposes, Chris, because we've got the seven pillars and even when you pick a pillar, let's say I pick the property pillar is the most obvious one, you've still got many, many strategies that you could employ within the property pillar, right? So property isn't a strategy. Property is an asset class. It's one of the seven pillars, one of the seven asset classes. Um, 
but it's not a strategy. So even when you've chosen that pillar, you then still need to choose a strategy um, within that. So my example is I'd done a couple of residential buy-to-lets. I then said, right, I want a strategy in property, which gives me a high level of cash flow. I actually spent about a year, maybe even longer, looking at HMOs versus serviced accommodation and um, really just exposing myself to, you know, to some education, reading, you know, joining free webinars, you know, on, on the internet, sort of watching people's Facebook lives, all sorts of things, just to get a feel for how it would be to operate in each one of these spaces. And, um, you know, the, um, I mean, it, it's it's impossible to compare them in a way. They've got lots of different pros and cons. All you can say about them in common is that they are both, in theory, higher cash flowing strategies and higher yielding strategies than, uh, you know, than a vanilla buy-to-let strategy. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, normal buy-to-let if, if you know, if, if, that, if that's what you want to do. You can perfectly well reach um, financial independence and beyond just with a buy-to-let strategy. But, um, but yeah, that, that's an example of choosing a strategy. It took me a year. And at times I was really beating myself up and saying, I'm just not getting started. I don't know whether to do HMOs or surface accommodation. You know, what am I going to do? But I just, I just took my time and then slowly, slowly, I, you know, the, the, the gut feel was telling me, do serviced accommodation and just really focus. Then, of course, there's a sub-strategy, which is holiday lets, because serviced accommodation is a strategy, but there's lots of little sub-strategies um, within that as well. So, you know, high-quality holiday lets is now our strategy within the SA strategy within the property pillar, if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, I think um, it's very easy to get overwhelmed it's very easy to beat yourself up thinking I need to be off the starting blocks and, you know, doing all of this stuff from day one. Um, but, you know, in some ways you do, whilst you need to have momentum, Chris, you do, and, to, and you need to take action, you know, every month. And, and I do, um, you also need to just, you know, just take your time as well to, to find out what's right for you and not just feel you need to be doing all this stuff that everyone else is doing. Yeah, which is hopefully why, you know, having something like a roadmap is is helpful for people to know, you know, do things in order, they're in an order for a reason. And once it's done, then you can move on and know that you have that peace of mind that that is done. So we talked about overwhelm often kicks in at step six. So, so many different strategies, which is why when, you know, we've helped people select a strategy, it's then about getting that clear plan and focusing on one wheel turn at a time. So this is where we bring in the wheel of wealth. And of course, that consists of education, support, connections, due diligence, and then taking guided action. And we've got our wealth coaches who are there to help you stay laser focused, turn that wheel. And um, what benefits have you gained, Louise, from following that process and having that accountability from your coach every 30 days? Yeah, I think the process is is phenomenal. And, you know, again, I've said this before, this is the process that really keeps you focused on what you're doing and stops you just kind of chasing, you know, what other people are doing. Um, so I have really worked hard to keep myself focused on turning one wheel at a time. So, you know, last year I was doing the education in property and deciding, you know, which strategy I was going to employ in property at the same time as writing my book. 
And at times that was overwhelming and I got distracted from finishing my book by, you know, um, trying to work out what I was doing in the property space. But that all worked out fine. I said to myself, I'm going to finish the book and then I'm going to start, you know, to execute the property strategy that I've chosen. So that's what I did. Um, for me, the wealth coaches are, I mean, the, the, the pro, you know, the money that we pay for the program is paid back, you know, in spades just by having these fantastic wealth coaches. Um, mine is Carol, Carol Robinson. She's absolutely integral to me executing on my holiday let strategy. Um, she has has SA herself and we are right down in the detail of, you know, capital allowances and, you know, um, uh, you know, sourcing the right property, um, you know, business rates versus council tax, all sorts of, you know, the real nitty gritty of running a holiday let business. So um, I think the wheel of wealth is a fantastic process, you know, to think about where you are on that wheel and, and how to turn it and how to get to the next step. And I think it's absolutely critical to choose one thing and turn the wheel. And I've had a few wheels spinning, as you know, and again, it just slows you down and takes your focus. So I've really learned that I must focus on one at a time. So all I talk about with Carol month in, month out is my holiday let business and my progress on that. That's all I talk about. And that really works. Yeah. Yeah, good. And then and we have six wealth coaches now and obviously a wealth of experience across all of them. And um, yeah, it's important for all members to check in on a regular basis. And some months we know that the wealth building journey is a long journey. And some months you might not feel like you've made progress, but we still encourage just, you know, jump on that call because just one relationship opportunity idea, as Kevin says, you know, that's all it takes. Absolutely. And there are times when, you know, I kind of think, "Mm, I've got my call with Carol in a couple of days time. Have I done my actions? What have I achieved? And it'd be so easy to say, you know, to just think I'm going to cancel it because I've I've not made any progress. But, you know, so many times I've gone onto those calls and said, I'm really stuck and I'm here and this is how I feel. Um, And the coach's job is, of course, to coach you out of that. You know, where are you stuck? Let's get you unstuck. What if you did this? What if you just took this one action? Would that get you unstuck? And, you know, and that's what they're skilled in doing. That's what a coach is there to do. And and that's really worked for me. And back to the monthly report, you know, as well, um, Christian, I, I fill it in, you know, sometimes, many, many times I'm saying I've not added anything to my wealth thermometer. But then, you know, every perhaps, you know, six months or so, there might be quite a big bump up because, you know, I've acquired a property or I've, you know, I've, I've done something else to add to my um to add to my uh, add to my uh, asset income, um, you know, and so I think you know I, I would say just don't be afraid of reporting that you know you're adding zero, you're adding zero, and even if that goes on for sort of three four months, you you know you're still reporting on the momentum and you're reporting on the action you're taking, and then when you come to read through those reports, you know I always read last month's report before I you know write the one that I'm writing now, and you can see wow, that's where I was at last month, actually. I have moved forward. Um, even if the money hasn't changed, the action will have moved forward. And I think, you know, that that is the really key thing to focus on. Am I taking action and am I moving forward? Because if you do that, then we all know the results will follow. Absolutely. And um, you've teed it up for me because step eight is results. So, um, you know, you've just mentioned the importance and, and we we drill this home, you know, never let 30 days go by without doing something to build your wealth. So, you know, we are here every month to check in with members in multiple different ways. 
and make sure that you are tracking your results. You've mentioned the progress reports, but of course, when new members join, we send out a wealth chart and, uh, you know, it's always great when we're on Zoom calls, we see the charts in the background and lots of the other printouts and stuff stuck on the wall. So it's really good. So, um, you know, in terms of... Well, you can't you can't see mine, Chris, because it's not in the background. Because of course, it's exactly where it should be, which is straight in my eye line. It's above my desk. I'm looking at it there, <laughs> and um, that that is there every time I'm on a phone. You know, I sit at this desk all day. This is where I work. So every phone call, you know, every time I have five minutes to daydream, that's what I'm looking at, and that is part of it because that's my accountability. That's you know, that is tracking my progress. That is where I just stand up with my pen and I jot down a few ideas of, you know, what I'm committing to working on this month. Um, and I look at that constantly. And, and that's just a fantastic reminder of what I'm meant to be doing. Keeps me focused. Yeah, absolutely. And are there any key results that uh, that you can think of recently that have helped you increase that thermometer? Um, probably my key one is is my holiday let. So we're probably about a month away now from getting the first income, but I'm really looking forward to recording the first month's bookings on my uh, on my wealth thermometer, Chris. So yeah, it's been a little while since I last added to my wealth thermometer because it's been, you know, with COVID and everything, it's just taken a while to get that purchase over the line. And then it's taken a while to get the refurb done just because of all the delays in sort of materials and the availability of the trades. Um, that will be the next thing that I add and that and I think I'm one month possibly two at a push but hopefully only one month away from adding that brilliant brilliant so step nine then is accelerate and of course by repeating the process that we've just been through of choosing your pillar then your strategy understanding where your leverage is coming from then you will eventually move towards financial independence and for most people that journey from insecurity to security to independence takes on average about five years some longer, some shorter. Um, But what do you see, Louise, as being key to helping you to continue to stay focused and to reach your financial goals? Chris, I think it's just what I said before about trusting the process and following the process. So, you know, every time I turn the wheel and get a result, which I'm about to do by turning this holiday let wheel, you know, the first time, I am very close to getting a result now and adding income. I, well, you make two decisions. You either say, I didn't enjoy that, you know, that's not for me, or um, actually that was successful. I enjoyed it. That is for me. And so I'm just going to do it again and again and again, which is, I think, you know, where I will be, where me and my business partner will be. Um, So yeah, for me, uh, how do you keep on track? You trust the process, you believe in the process and you follow the process. Um, And you know, as with most most things in life, if if you trust and follow a process, you'll get you'll get a result. Um, so so that that's me. Just stick with the process. Keep tracking. Keep reporting. Checking in with the, with my wealth coach. They're all the things that I intend to do for years to come. Great. And of course, building recurring income is is the main focus of uh, of the program. But have there been any other byproducts of being a member of the wealth builders community that uh, that you've enjoyed, Louise? Oh, I'm going to sound really corny, Chris, but I've made some really good friends. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I um, committed early to um, my buddy groups. I'm in a couple of buddy groups. Um, you know, we talk to each other sort of, you know, week in, week out. Um, we're working on similar things and, um, you know, we just encourage each other. We share knowledge share tips, you know, we use it as accountability, but also as support, you know, whether that's 
um, support in terms of knowledge or whether it's just, you know, emotional support, because some of this is hard, right? It's not easy. Um, so I think that that's, that's been a real byproduct is, is relationships, you know, is friendships that I'm sure will last a lifetime. Um, and, you know, just, um, just meeting great people, you know, meeting the coaches, meeting other people in the program that I can learn from, uh, meeting other people that I can work with going forward. You know, they've all been, you know, fantastic byproducts products of the program yeah well we absolutely love having you as uh, one of our star members louise and uh thanks so much for sharing today well done and uh keep up the great work thanks so much chris thank you bye well, there's certainly no doubt that uh, Louise is a dynamo, as you mentioned there at the beginning, Kevin, and um, lots, to, lots to dive into there, but let's take it from the beginning and uh, the reason why, the catalyst. So for Louise, it was obviously a big milestone, you know, birthday in her life and um, really looking back and realizing she's been in a corporate career for you know many years, good salary, but that could just all end tomorrow and uh, you don't have any control. Yeah, I mean, it happens to everybody when they feel that. I mean, it happened to me very early on, um, as you know, Chris, in my late 20s when I made that decision to stop trading time for money for a different reason. But you can see that not just being the big 5-0, but also having a really strong kind of sense of trying to look after not just herself, but her family. And in particular, you know, a daughter who will need, you know, some additional help and support during her lifetime and how important that was to Louise and and how she's immersing herself in building wealth in order to make that a reality. Now, we talk about the timeline. How long does it take to move from a place of insecurity to security to independence? Obviously, everyone is on their own individual journey. Everyone starts from a different position of different funding, different amount of time, different experience, all of these things that, that impact that. Um, but Louise is only two years into the journey. So Louise said that she's still at the insecurity level, but that doesn't mean she hasn't been making progress. Well, she's been making great progress. I mean, the thing about uh, the progress you make is it's always slower at the beginning, particularly, you know, if you're trading time for money and you're, that's consuming much of your time. Time leverage is a really important limiting factor. Now, nothing's limited Louise in that regard because you heard her say herself, she spent quite a bit of time, a year in fact, not just taking her time to make the decision about what to do and she had a you know, a significant pension fund that needed guidance, needed advice, needed her to think about that and wrestle with that, but also to get the right strategy and the right education. And she's spot on, you know, she knows the the language in Wealth Builders really well. She's very keen on sharing the difference between it's okay to understand the, the pillars. The pillars themselves are not um, the strategies that you take. They're not the actions you take. It's the broad category and then you have to focus on the individual strategy you want to take once you've chosen your pillar. And for her, it took her a while, and she admits that, but I think it's entirely the right thing to do. And by taking small steps every single month, always taking small steps, you're building momentum, and uh, that's what really works. And as she said, you know, Kevin asked me to focus. I focused. He asked me to follow the process. I followed the process. And the process is working. Absolutely. And, you know, by following the process, everything gets done in the order that is in the best order to help you. And early on in, in step one, we 
do the wealth dynamics assessment with our members. So it's one of the first things they do when they join and uh, understanding it's like their entrepreneurial compass, you know, where should they be facing and where should they be focusing their time? So Louise understood, you know, from an early stage that she was very high blaze and she used that to really leverage her connections and relationships. So leverage doesn't come until step five, but, you know, she's combining the different things that she's been learning at the different stages of the roadmap. Yeah, it's a very interesting point she made, you know, when you come to a place where you think, all right, I've got a job, I'm doing well in my job, and I need to be a wealth building person. Do I need to change? Do I do things differently? Do I need to kind of reinvent myself? And in fact, on better reflection of her true wealth dynamic, Blaze Energy is that energy around connecting with people. And because she was highly charged in that, she realized that because she's doing that, she would easily be in flow to do that. So instead of changing and being a new person, um, if you like, reinventing herself all anew, she just capitalized on the very assets that she had, which is an extraordinarily connected woman. Yeah. So talking of connection, there was reference to buddy groups. Louise, you know, is obviously got a fantastic buddy group and um, we've kind of, you know, evolved the buddy groups uh, of recent months and, and they're now called focus groups, you know, very similar concept, but the focus group now is a, a group of between sort of five and seven of our members who all have a common interest in a particular strategy. So we've got, you know, multiple focus groups focusing on different property strategies, uh, different online business strategies, investments. We've got a pension focus group. So uh, that's a really, you know, a key part of the connection. And uh, Louise said, you know, one of the biggest sort of byproducts since she joined has been the friendships that she's made. Yes, and she's certainly taken advantage of the community. I mean that in a very positive and engaging way. And, of course, has been a very keen sharer as well. I mean, she's uh, appeared with me as a guest on uh, Clubhouse, this sort of new um, social media tool that we're, we're getting the hang of now. And she joins in, you know, she just shares. And she was recently hosting a panel of women who have uh, leveraged their pension like she has with the SAS pension. That's language often used, isn't it? In the podcast, as people take control of their pensions with a small self-administered scheme. There are other equivalents in Australia and um, in America and so on, but it's just taking your pension and turning it into something that can work for your future instead of being a part of your past. Anyway, she's kind of created a group. Um, she had a panel session there on a conference with a thousand people talking all about pensions um, and, and trying to work out the best way to make use of it. And she realized there's only 25% of those who've taken that step are women, and they're mostly men, 75% male, 25% female. And uh, she decided to do something about it. And she called the group Girls Just Want to Have Funds. And that just cracked me up completely. And it stole the show. You know, we had a conference. I was co-hosting the conference. And there was no, everybody said, you know, that was just a great session that she did with, um, you know, her fellow SAS owners who did an able job of describing the good, the bad of what they've been doing with their pensions and uh, and empowering themselves to be even better. And I think, I think it wouldn't be a big surprise, Chris, if she doesn't end up leading a female movement to try and help people make more of their pensions because so many women just kind of leave them 
and they get frozen or they get forgotten or they get put to one side. I think something's going to happen with Louise. Watch this space. Laying down the challenge there, I'm sure Louise is up for that. And I, I completely agree. Um, I think just, you know, listening to Louise share everything that she's done over the last 24 months, which, you know, really has gone by so quickly, but so much achieved, is that this is a transformational process. And it's, it's long term. You know, if you're serious about building wealth, you have to be committed and there will be bumps along the way. We know that that's natural, but um, it's transformational. We've seen that with Louise. Yes. I mean, look, wealth building is not a straight line. So you don't get the traffic lights all going green. You know, you've got to take some some strange courses. You've got to go left, you've got to go right and you don't know where you're going. So, you know, you're going to take a few cul-de-sacs and that's all part of the learning. But you're constantly moving forward. And the road is always leading you forward. And even if you make a mistake or, as she said, you turn the wheel and it's not for you, then that's fine. It's one lesson you've learned. That Yes, it's taken some time to do that, but then you pick up the wheel again on a new strategy and hopefully that will move you forward. So I think she's very ably describing our processes and she hasn't cheated the wheel and she's done everything that was asked of her. And I'm so proud that she's in our community. Well-deserved spotlight on Louise Wrighton this month. And uh, if you want to connect with Louise and Kevin, with myself, then make sure you're in our Wealth Builders Facebook community. Just search for Wealth Builders uh, in Facebook and find us there. And um, 101, not out, Kevin. So uh, we will be back same time, same place next week. Okay, my friend. Until then, see ya. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget that we are constantly updating our resources inside the Wealth Builders membership site to help you create, build and protect your wealth. Head over to wealthbuilders.co.uk slash membership right now for free access. That's wealthbuilders.co.uk slash membership.